I planned to go to law school after I graduated, but uh, looks like my folks won't have enough money to put me through college. Well, the world needs ditch diggers, too. entrepreneurship scaling business plans then I became the CEO man are you ready to be mentored by some of the best minds in entrepreneurship in the world then you're listening to the right podcast ditch digger CEO we're going to be interviewing CEOs and founders who'll be telling their amazing rags to riches stories these entrepreneurs who dominate the industries they serve will be sharing the secrets to their success we'll be talking to millionaires and billionaires Many who started with nothing. You're going to be mentored with golden nuggets of shared experiences from my guest, whose time is worth thousands and even tens of thousands of dollars per hour. I started in the paving business right out of high school. And with no college education, mentorship has been my education of choice. I started over 25 companies in the last 20 years, have generated over $1.5 billion in revenues. My guarantee is this. If you listen to Ditch Digger CEO and you want to be more successful, you will become more successful. The secrets of my success and for many of the world's greatest business leaders will be revealed. Let Ditch Digger CEO mentor you. I'm excited, buddy. Really excited. Why are you excited, sir? Because we got we got a, a woman here that uh, I met uh, a few months back and uh, just started you know just started talking in a, in a casual conversation. And she's got so much going on. She makes me look like I'm like dead. I mean, and and and, and she's and she's so passionate about everything she's doing, and she's doing great things for you know for society, for for the future of our world, and everything else. And 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 uh, a great great past also. So I, I can't wait to to dive into Sylvie. It's yeah, awesome. man, I, I mean, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you. I was excited. One, you know, I was just like, okay, I, I heard I heard her name, but more importantly, literally when she gets here. Almost everybody that she's met in the Raybine office come like, oh my gosh, Sylvie's here. So like it was like, I'm like, I must be out of the room. Like I didn't even know how much of a superstar <laughs> that she was. They promoted her so well, like she was Michael <laughs> Jordan. I didn't want Mike. I wanted Sylvie. So I'm excited. Uh, you're yeah. putting the bar very high here. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know what? And, and uh, so I, when, after I met her, she she's in, she's involved and in, started this organization that's really cool. And and uh, so it's like, oh wow, my 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 daughter loved that. And and uh, and and Karen in our office love it, and Debbie would love it. All, you know, all these leaders in our office would would love to be part of it. So sure enough, I told them about it. And they were all like in. I think they all pretty much showed up to to one of your meetings after they this. Did. But, so anyway, they they came back like on fire, like whoa, this is awesome. I you know want to really really be part of this organization that Sylvie's created. So um, I'm excited about this this conversation, buddy, and I hope you are too. Yeah, I'm excited. So so let's go. Let's let's get right into it. Let's let's introduce Sylvie. Really appreciate you being here. Last name, Lejar. 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 All right, I'm French and you know French Canadian. I'm You're still, supposed to know uh, this. I, I barely speak English still, right? <laughs> I, you know, but uh, that's a cool name. Uh, Sylvie, welcome. Thanks for Thank thanks you. for being thanks here. Thanks for having me. All right, I want you to say your name now again. So it's Sylvie Lejar. 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 All right. Awesome. So exotic. That's yeah. an amazing name. I love it. Yeah, from Canada, from Quebec. <laughs> Very exotic. <laughs> I always get that. So where are you from? It. And you're like, oh, from, from, from Quebec. Quebec yeah. you know? Well, oh. when, you, when you haven't been out of Chicago like you and I, right? It's pretty exotic, right? I'm just saying, uh, man. And the way you say it, Legia. 
But then again, you could say you're from Detroit and we're going to think it's pretty exotic. Okay. (laughs) 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 So thanks for being here. And, uh, you know, what we do, we, we basically, we interview people that we think have gone beyond, you know, normal, uh, the the normal status quo when it comes to challenging things in their life, when it comes to, when it comes to, uh, building things that other people haven't thought about, um, taking leadership roles in, in, in the, in their community in the, in the, in their country, the world. Right. And so you exude a lot of these things and we want, we want to just dive into it. But, uh, you know, we, we basically usually go into, you know, the, your family kind of background where you grew up and, um, what that was like, you know, how, how did your mind evolve as, as, a, as the person you are today, as a leader you are today? Um, and then, and then kind of get into, you know, the, how much fun you have and how passionate you are about all the things you're doing. So great. You, you, I know you can handle that because I heard, I heard a lot of this stuff in a, in a 45 minute conversation, uh, during a Cubs game. Uh, not long ago, so that's right. So if you can start from the from the beginning, that would be awesome, and talk about uh, your upbringing and stuff like that. Yeah, so I'm uh, originally from Canada. I'm from Quebec, and uh, from a town called Gatineau near Ottawa, so across the river uh, from the capital. Mm. And uh, so I I grew up there, and uh, my parents, uh, my mother worked in um, library. She was director of library and worked in government, um, and uh, university director of university library. And my dad was a politician. So my dad was a lawyer, and then became mayor for about a decade of uh, of our town. It was called a hall before. And uh, my dad was a really um, gifted uh, politician and one that uh, cared about the opinions of people and, and believed that everyone had value. Um, to to any conversation and input to solving problems. So I think I took uh, from him uh, that really has become the center of what I've mm. become today. Um, so that, that, and, that, and think about that, <clears throat> that one statement right there, right? Everybody has valued any conversation. And, and if you're in a meeting with five people or 20 people, right? I mean, what can we do better to get everybody's mind involved and engaged Maybe prior to the meeting in preparation, and I think I know. I know going forward, you do cool things things with that. And I th- thought about my own business, where we probably don't do a good job always of that. And then, and then in the meetings themselves, right? How do you get everybody engaged and, and making sure everybody's get, you know bringing their input? Because so often you get you get somebody that talks too much, like me, right? And they take yeah, over the meeting. Me. Yeah, they take over the meeting, and then and and you 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 crush the minds, creative minds of the people around you if you're talking too much. So, you know, I, I love that. I mean, we're hearing more right. about we'll that. Hear, we'll talk but more your dad, about that. But your dad, sounds yeah. like your dad was a master at that. And I'll just, just He was. He is. I mean, even he comes here and visit us and comes to Wilmette and he could really run for office in Wilmette. I mean, he just mm. knows everybody mm. more, even more. Just He just encounters and has a way of interacting with people and makes them feel valued, feel good. And uh, and then he loves to hear their stories. So, so that's, uh, you know, so I kind of grew up in that environment where my dad was really an open door policy kind of guy uh, in his and in, in the way he ran the city. And even today, you know, 30 years later, people are still remember him as the mayor. <laughs> and uh, and uh, even now it's children of people that um, that uh, were adults when when they when he was a mayor. So that's no, that that's was a awesome. big influence. And, and uh, my mother was really hard work is really a hardworking uh, person and really ran the. Um, you know, full-time and uh, throughout our whole childhood and everything. So I uh, really grew up in an environment where um, there was there was all sides. So, but not an entrepreneurial environment. Oh, so really? I have to okay. say, uh, I was, it's really, um, when I came here, so, so I started, I don't know why exactly, but I really was committed to 
not working for the government. And, you know, when you grow up in a government town, <laughs> a lot of times people around you are about working for the government and it's a pension and it's regular work. And and I don't know why, but I was definitely, this was not going to be something I was going to do. And I wanted to also have an international experience. And uh, I ended up um, going to college in uh, management information system and became a consultant oh. um, for with Accenture. And that's where I really was my exposure to the United States. What college did you go to? So the University of Ottawa. So in, Can <laughs> <laughs> so in Canada, it's really not like here. Okay. <laughs> you All don't right. visit a zillion colleges. Actually, you you um uh you stay really in the province where you uh you grew up wow uh you stay in your state okay. uh for the most part gotcha and uh you so you know my parents said well you could you could go study somewhere else for your master's but for your undergrad really doesn't matter oh. and mm -hmm. uh i was a little bit annoyed with that, but you're a little um, bit of a rebel. That's what you're saying. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but I I went with it, and uh, you know I uh, I so so my family background is more in economics and political science, etc. And I decided uh, to um, uh, enroll in a program in business. And as I was in the in the queue waiting to to uh, kind of finalize my registration, this was the late '80s, right? No, nothing online. Yeah. Um, I stumbled upon a paragraph that described management information systems. And I didn't really have any um, background in computer science or anything. And I just thought this was about solving problems in business using mm -hmm. technology. And it really appealed to me. And I'm, I discovered I was really a pragmatic person. Uh, and uh, so I enrolled and I, I, um, I studied that and it was part of a co-op program. So, you know, Worked four months and studied four months, mm -hmm. and uh, I worked at different companies, uh, including uh, some crown corporation, like government-type companies, consulting firms, IBM. Um, so it gave me a great exposure to uh, to work, and awesome. it pushed me to learn English. <laughs> oh, okay. So University of Ottawa is a bilingual university. It's okay. one of the one official bilingual university in Canada. So high school didn't have English also? No, well, I went to a French High school, very French. Oh. Uh, so, and I only spoke French. Wow. And I was not really talented for languages. Um, uh, so, when I got to college, well, University of Ottawa allows you to take your classes in English or in French okay. and towards the same degree. And you needed to achieve a certain level of bilingualism to graduate. And, uh, and because I was in this co op program, I became completely off with the classes schedule. So I had to take classes in English and I had to work in English. Oh, man. And, uh, and then I just did it. Huh. And now I'm bilingual. Awesome. That's persistence because I know I choose Duolingo and I try Spanish and for some reason I can't stick with it. And now you're over here already in college learning a second language. That's 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 quite disciplined and difficult. And how did you? I mean, oh, well, I guess what's the mindset from to, to do well, something even at just, that level? You know, I think you learn languages. What I've learned is you learn a language um, by being immersed in it. Gotcha. You're not going to so, learn yeah. it. Duolingo is repetitive, and it's and it's great to just brush up on your yeah, vocabulary. Absolutely. But when you have uh, a goal and you have deliverables to produce. And you learn the language, sure. right? You, you dive into really, the culture, and you're gonna you're gonna you figure it out. I mean, so and then I did grow up with some English, but but everywhere I went, so my parents sent me to like summer camp, you know, in in the in the U.S. actually, and there's always a French person. Wherever you go, <laughs> Even, there's always a French person. So I would always find a way to not really 
speak that much English. (laughs) (laughs) Even even I was working at um, IBM for for an internship and uh, as part of the co-op. And turns out the guy in my group was from Quebec City. Mm. And, uh, you know, so whenever I had a question, I went to this guy. (laughs) So anyway, but um, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, that's kind of my path into into from a career perspective, just starting into technology. So your first big job out of school was? Yeah, it was at Accenture. And, good, good start. Uh, so Great interesting company consulting. I absolutely love consulting. I am a, I've discovered I'm a systems person and I love projects, deliverable focus. I love mm-hmm. the firm. I loved uh, really everything about it. Um, and then, um, and, and the firm actually, I was really blessed to just meet people uh, in my office who happen to know about an opportunity to come study here uh, at Northwestern and be sponsored by the firm and part of a new program at Northwestern. I was with the Institute for Learning Sciences and I found a my mentor back in those days, you were assigned a mentor. Oh, wow. And I'm really <laughs> grateful for this person, Graham Gordon, um, who really, uh, really went bad for me to say, yeah, we should send someone from our Ottawa office to this two-year program at Northwestern. Uh, it's a master's. It was a master's in computer science applied to learning sciences. So how do you design, develop learning environments online? Mm-hmm. And right. this was back... The year that the internet uh, browser, the first internet browser, Netscape, came out, right? So this was 90. beginning, 94. Yeah. So wow. beginning of the internet, green screen were brand new. Like there was no cell phones. Man. I was... <laughs> How old was you I? Know. I, was, I was eight. Maybe you were not born. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, eight years old. Huh? Eight or yeah, nine. So yeah. I age myself, but it, it's amazing too. But so it was a great opportunity. Yeah. And I'm just about seizing the opportunity that came about and, mm-hmm. and um, decided to do that. And that's what brought me to the U.S. So, yeah, and for, to be immersed in that then, right, you weren't sure. I mean, you're probably kind of sure that this, this technology thing was going to take hold and it's going to mean a lot, right? But it wasn't like, you know, when I was a kid, you know, people told, I'm a little older than you, of course, but when, when I was a kid, people said, oh, it's good. Technology thing is something maybe, you know, kids should start studying more and you should get it. But nobody's that serious about it, right? You know, by the time you came around the 90s, a little more serious, right? But still not like it is today where, gosh, it's everywhere, right? Back then, it was, it was still maybe, maybe you're taking a little risk in this technology thing, right? But um, you felt that it was, of course, going to be you know, t- taking over all business and all that. And it was going to be tools. You, to you be start. honest, I was not really a visionary kind of person. I, uh-huh. I just go with it, right? I, I just, I see the opportunity. It seemed interesting to me. I was more, and, and I guess I am a technology person and seeing new technologies. Like I was an early adopter of the Palm Pilot. If you mm-hmm. Oh, that. okay. All First, right. you know, yeah, that was a I'm very <laughs> early adopters I of technology. Palm, I had three or four different versions of that Palm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That was big. Yeah, no, it was nobody big. thought that was going to, that was going to be, you know, swapped off or anything. I think I bought the first one. Yeah. I mean, so I think I just see the value of how technology can enhance our lives and, mm-hmm. and, and can allow us to do so much more and do things differently. And that's something that really always interest me. And, and perhaps that's what I had, but I was not a big visionary. And, and actually, um, that's the, the one thing I wish I, I was, I, I were back then. But you're, but you've, you've been, you're a problem solver, which ends yeah. up to be very often come, become kind of a visionary because you're solving right. problems. And that problem is like, wow, that's, uh, you know, aha, uh-huh, we, we can actually solve this problem and create this, this, this product from solving the problem. Right. right? 
So, so I think some of the best visionaries are problem solvers that understand the opportunity now to serve many, right? And you, you, you kind of become a visionary. You know, from what when I know your your right. past too, I think that that you're a problem solver and you love solving problems, right? Is that is that what's what's you know brought yeah, all this stuff good. on? Right, right. No, that's really uh, yeah. that that's kind of what emerged as I look back. You know, and it, I love this quote I think from Steve Jobs, where you know sometimes you look at where you are in your life and it's worthwhile to look back and see and connect all the dots mm. that led you yes. to where you are. And uh, and if I I look back, you know, it seems like all these small choices really lead me to what I'm doing today. And, um, right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I used to look at all those things as coincidence. It's, it's a coincidence. I met this person that took me to this person. I met that I did this and I did that. I mean, today I look at it as a God, all God stuff, right? God's guiding me in, 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 the, in, in the opportunities I have in my life. But really, I looked at those as coincidences all along. Wow, what a coincidence that I met this person that introduced me to this person that taught me how to do this, that you know enabled me to do that, and and I grew because of it, right? right. So you know, as Steve Jobs looked back, think about those dots and how they connected yep. right, to create. And some of those might have been dots that you're like maybe wouldn't want to visit again, right? Right. But, but right. it maybe made you stronger. Right. And each dot, I think you you build a different skill set. That you bring and then leads you to the next one and and le leads you to meet people. Friendly, you know, when I came here, um, I didn't know anyone. I just drove my little Toyota down to Northwestern and uh, what and kind then, of Toyota was it? It's a Toyota Corolla. All right. Oh, okay. <laughs> And I had my bike on the in the back, and you know, I d I drove through like Chicago Skyway, you know, and uh, and um, had these random roommates uh, here, and uh, and then I just built a a life here in Chicago, and and uh, so many friends, and and um, met my husband, and you know, it's amazing, and and that all came from just a conversation at a office Christmas party about oh. Yeah, there's this program that, you know, Anderson may sponsor mm. employees to go to and seizing that opportunity sometimes. Uh -huh. So it's about seizing the opportunities when they come around. 100%. And, and when you when you look at, uh, you know, computer science and information systems and all that, what, what, did, what did you see early on and, and, and that, that you're able, you know, problems, a simple problem or a problem or two you maybe you're able to solve and, and what, you know, anything in your in your in your nonprofits today or business today that you can see that you know these these same skills that you that you you know, uh, you know learned have, have been applied otherwise in your life yeah well you know having a consulting background is really helpful because I think it brings you brings to to the forefront this process mind right mm -hmm. you're trying to always uh, solve a problem by fixing the process that perhaps caused mm -hmm. the problem mm -hmm. and that that mindset, I think is very helpful in whatever endeavor sure. you have, and I I feel like that um, bringing that consulting approach is is really key. Uh, it's it's really it's unique. Whole, it's, it's the whole thing. So, the whole yeah, thing, so it's right? the information systems, of course, but it's but it's existing you know old school systems that are that are mended, you know meshed with this the, the computer science and the other things, right? That put it all together and you know, where, where can we be more, more yeah. efficient and what, what slows us down and what could, what can accelerate our speed or our quality. Right. Right. And you try to also, in, when you come from consulting and, and systems, you think of methodology, right? You mm -hmm. think of developing methodologies and so things are scalable, repeatable, et cetera. So, so that's a good mindset. Right. Um, my, I, portion of my career was also, and my degree in, in computer science was in, um, learning, um, learning technologies. Mm -hmm. So in the what we study there is how do human learns. And that's really helpful because people learn, people learn by doing, 
You know mm-hmm. that, Gary, right? Yeah. I mean, it's people learn by doing because you learn by your expectation failures or, or unexpected outcomes gets you to think mm-hmm. differently and, and and pivot, perhaps, if you're able to have that meta thinking. And, uh, and then people learn by asking questions. And so for that, by information, by being able to interact with each other, sure. those are kind of the ways. And if you're designing kind of a, a way for people to learn and evolve, then if you keep those three things in mind, um, it's really helpful. Sure. And, and, they learn, you know, and you mentioned it, but, you know, failure, I mean, you expect to fail because you're, you know, if you're if you're pushing the envelope, you're improving things. You're going to fail. You're going to and expect to fail maybe more often than than you find success, right? And if you're a crazy scientist, you know what that I learned from this the scientist in India. I was around for a month, right? He he expects to fail thousands of times before he figures out, you know, before he, he has a solution, thousands of times, right? But he but he's discovering things that nobody else in the world is, right? And and he's going off of you know, old science and new science and new technology, right? The com- com- combination of all, and he's expecting to fail thousands of times and they record the failures every single time. Mm. And they, and, and they, what do I learn? What do we learn from that failure, right? What did it cost us? What do we learn from it? What can we use of that failure going forward? And what do we throw, you know, throw in the garbage? But, it, but it's, it's amazing because they expect thousands of, you know, failing thousands of times before they really find yeah. the solution. And they're crazy. They're, they're solving amazing world problems, Right. So it's fun to think of, you know, in our business, we don't have to fail. If we have to fail a thousand times, we're probably not in business, right? <laughs> but, 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 you know, we do fail often as we try to do new things. And sometimes we take on stuff that, that we probably shouldn't have tried, but, but we tried. And, and, and I think that's, that's where success comes from. So for, from you as a consultant looking at these businesses, who are some fun, fun business, who are some fun businesses you worked with or, you know, anything you can think of that you, that you had, that you really had fun with or that? Well, uh, well, here's uh, one you know, I started off in um, as a consultant uh, working. Our client was Canada Post, mm. right? Canada Post. <laughs> you're Canada Post. You're back so in Canada again. <laughs> I'm like back Canada. I'm Canada Post, right? No, I'm back in those because because actually it's it's uh, now just recently actually and this fall I, I thought about that experience very differently. So we um, I was leading a project um, about around bulk mail sorting. So I was mm-hmm. in the sorting facilities where sort packages right and you know back then I was just like you know what I have to get out of here right (laughs) I do not like I don't you know I like my put them deserve to really like (laughs) deliver mail on time and I just couldn't see the value right and that's where I think my my lesson to to kind of myself or looking back like I wish I had been able or someone had been able to tell me you know raise your gaze a little bit because Mm. the backbone of a country is actually its ability Mm. to deliver goods to people to to people and businesses in 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 the country it's really critical it's Mm. really critical that mail mail gets delivered on time and I tell you back then I I didn't care. I was like, what does it matter if a letter makes it in three days or four mm-hmm. days? Today, when your Amazon delivery yes. like, doesn't make it the day you said it would, you really yeah. freak out, right? So, you know, having that that thinking that's a little bit bigger of raising your gaze there, mm-hmm. it would have been helpful. Raising, raising your gaze, yeah, I like that. Raising yeah. your gaze, it, it yeah. came from a few people so well it came from um, selfie that, that, that's that came yeah. from you that's well it came know. it came from actually i'll be gonna be really honest it came from elise stefanik who's okay. a progress woman and i heard her speak and she she um she mentioned that and i'm like that's a really in our good minds time. we don't know who she is so. it comes from sylvie. <laughs> for me it's sylvie's deal when you mentioned that you said there i, I think about back when, when i worked in a factory when i was when i was uh, my first two years out of high school in the winter time 
I, I worked in the field paving and all that, right? <clears throat> but in the wintertime, we didn't pave. So I worked in a factory, so I didn't have to go, you know, go into my savings so I could buy equipment in the spring or whatever. I worked for minimum wage in, in uh, Niles, Illinois, in a factory. A friend of mine was a supervisor, so I got it. I, I got a. Uh, I, I knew people, right? And I got a job in this factory anyway. But, but if, if I, I became really, really excited about going to work every day because there's so many people from all over the, all over the world that were immigrants working there. I got to meet people from Russia and China and Mexico and all over. Right. And, and I, and I paid attention to how passionate they were about being in America. And still today, my, some of my, some of my passion for our country is, is based on the fact that I, these stories that were told to me were amazing and how they got here, how tough it was to get here. And they were making minimum wage next to me building their life here and so excited at, at, at the opportunities they saw around them in America. Right. But if I just, if I says, Oh, that's lousy minimum wage job. I'm, I'm netting $102 a week. And you know, what, what why am I doing this? Right. I could be, but instead I was kind of excited because I, I like the people. And I learned so much from these people that when I, after two years of, in the wintertime doing this with, with my friend's company, I, I was, I, I was a different person. And so when I was out there knocking on doors to, to, to do the work I do and, and trying to get driveways the North Shore and all over Northern Illinois, I was excited because I said, gosh, if these people, you know, believe they have opportunity here, what's my opportunity? I speak the language, you know, like a hillbilly, but I speak it pretty well. <laughs> right. And I, and I, and I know, you know, I know the culture here, like they don't, I can, I can be very successful here. Right. Cause again, but if I didn't, if I didn't in that moment realize the value of being around these people and learning all about their culture, it would have been just a, a lousy minimum wage job. I look back and say, oh, you know, poor me, I had to do that. No, it was an amazing blessing. Yeah, and it's also, yeah, and it's also about sometimes people, company in a company, you forget what the value that you're providing. Mm -hmm. I think that's what that's what the raising the gaze is. You're so deep and, and busy with the day today mm -hmm. that you forget that you're actually really providing a service and, and mm -hmm. something important to, to someone, whether it is, you know, selling bikes or, or even just, you know, even if it's, if it's something simple as, you know, you know, producing like cakes or, you yeah. know, you're bringing smiles, you're bringing, you're adding someone, something to people's lives. And, and a lot of times that's what we forget to perhaps remind to our team members and associates yeah. is, is that piece. Um, if you, you know, if you can talk to people, you know, you talk to people working at McDonald's or Walmart or wherever you see, you see somebody excited to serve customers. I'm, I love, I love talking to those people when they're making minimum wage or, you know, not a lot. And they're, and they're so friendly, they're so nice, and they're so passionate about their job. I, I like to stop them and say, man, you're awesome what you're doing. And if, if you carry that on the rest of your life, you're going to be a success no matter yeah. where you go, right? Yeah. If you're that excited in this minimum wage job, and and and, and by the way, the lessons that can be learned at the at world-class companies like McDonald's, world-class companies like Walmart, right, in a minimum wage job are unbelievable, right, when it comes to systems of duplication, you know, ser serving at the highest level in the world, right? Um, again, so... When, when, when raising your gaze is, I think if everybody thought that way while they're in any job, whatever they're making, you know, thinking about what value are they providing? How can they provide at the highest level, right? So that the next job they, they get, this is a great stepping stone that creates the success for their future, right? Right. So, and it's also right. about knowing your industry, right? Raising yeah. your gaze is also if you're in, in, a, in, in like, for, for instance, I mean, I keep going back to this example at Canada Post, right? I didn't realize mm -hmm. that I was in the, in the bulk mail delivery industry, that this mm -hmm. technology was changing. It's delivering of packages. I could have applied the same knowledge and expertise. You should have been the Amazon. You should have been the Amazon. You know, why didn't then, you come up with Amazon? You right, had plenty why of time. Come up with Amazon, <laughs> right? <laughs> right, 
right? Why didn't Why didn't I? Right? I totally missed missed that. Right? <laughs> right. And saying the applications, like so, you know, these systems that we were de- developing to sort packages, which is pretty complex. Uh-huh. Well, that also applies to to Boeing or companies delivering supplies and mm-hmm. and getting, you know just providing the whole supply chain. And I didn't think of applying that thinking. Yeah, yeah. That's what I mean about ra- you know, raising the gaze. And a lot of times you just get so trapped in what you're doing. You just forget about the possibilities it. and seeing the possibilities. Mm-hmm. So so tell us about the next experience in Chicago after this. After you, you're you're in Chicago, you're and you're working then for this consulting business as well, right? Yeah. White, so I when I well I was here when I was I was studying. So I but I was uh we were the projects we had to work on for a thesis was uh, for the firm. And uh, we created actually a um, simulation to um, uh, to learn the seven habits of highly effective people, if mm-hmm. you remember Covey. Oh, sure. So, and the one, interestingly, the one that was assigned to my team was um, empathic listening, right? Active listening, which, which is interesting because today I'm kind of applying that to a little bit to the policy circle and then we'll get to that. But, um, so, so, you know, so that, that was like the, the focus while I was here in Chicago and then went back to, uh, Toronto and worked in financial services for, for the firm. And then, um, my, I met my husband while I was here in Chicago and then we decided to get married and moved to Nebraska. So I worked at TD Ameritrade, uh, for a year. And, yeah. and so, so, so he dragged you then out there or you, you, you went willing? Yeah, we what? decided, well, we were in different cities, you know, so I was in Toronto, he was in New York and then okay. we were traveling and then we decided to get married and thought we'd be in the same city. Our initial plan was to be in New York, and he wanted to. He wanted to really go to Nebraska to work at TD Ameritrade, mm-hmm. um, which was Ameritrade back then. And uh, so I uh, so decided to uh, to pack up and and uh, and then go there. So it was intre- It was a really di- very different experience <laughs> to be um, to be in a, in a company that that was growing. You know, so it's that fifteen hundred people company wow. that's when that's when you really start to get traction and things get really complicated so it was an interesting time to be to be mm-hmm. there and uh and then to discover nebraska and omaha which <laughs> where life is good and no <laughs> one thinks about nebraska right there we go that's why i was like why would you go to nebraska i think that the huskers they're, they're out yeah, there right? the huskers, yeah the huskers yeah huge huskers are you are you okay i'm now of course i'm now a sports <laughs> fan <laughs> but um but what's interesting there you know um when when you speak a different language when you, and I had a much thicker accent back then and um people people you meet they're like oh I know a French person. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, here, know, comes, like, here comes I'm again. Be your friend. Or, like, <laughs> I know a French person. So I ended up meeting amazing people that's there awesome. who were all, because the University of Nebraska um, in Omaha actually really actively recruits students from ab- abroad. Mm. And then so there's a really good, uh, great expat uh, community there and made some Me. great friends, lifelong friends uh, there. And uh, so... It was a really great experience. You got to get to Omaha. Heard, there's a you great, should go great to town. Omaha. There's a great town. Yeah, and I, I've got to know I'm your brother-in-law. Yeah, uh, you know Pete, and what a what a great job he's doing in that in that state. 
He's, yeah, he's, uh, he's very. Uh, he's amazing. Yeah. And then I, I've, I'm, in, I'm involved in the Governor's Association, the, the Republican Governor's Association Executive Council. So, so I've got to know him. He's been a leader there. And yeah, he's, he's, a uh, he's a neat guy. Yeah, he's really, uh, I mean, he's absolutely loving being governor of uh, Nebraska. He loves the state. He loves every part of the states. He loves meeting the states and he wants to really make the states an example. Of he does. State. Yeah. And, he, and he's a leader amongst the governor. So I mean, the governor, Republican Governor Association, I think there's 27 maybe now that are Republican. And and this this association relies on the governors themselves to step up and lead the, the association. And he's he's uh, done an amazing job leading it. You know, as as well, you know, there's a stepped in, he's stepped up, and he's awesome. Um, but but again, what, and how does that affect you being a part of all these underachievers, right? You got all these underachievers <laughs> in the family, right? You got a father-in-law that you know built a little business, and you know, I'm sure he's you know. He's he's pretty excited about that, right? <laughs> you, you know, you you've uh, you, their family's amazing. Uh, the, the Ricketts family's awesome. I mean, just in, when you meet these people, they you know don't know they're any you know that they're successful in any way. They're just awesome people that are just as interested in anybody they meet as you are in them, right? I mean, so that's got to be a lot of fun being. It's being a lot of, of fun, family. you know. It was uh, you know coming from from Canada for a government town, and then you know marrying into this family of real entrepreneurs and believing in business and really no one really sits still. It's real blessing. Yeah. And, and also it really, um, it, it launches you, right? It inspires you to, to do, to do more, to mm -hmm. do something and to be engaged. And, uh, it's true that, uh, you know, Todd's family, uh, everyone is doing something uh, impactful. Yeah. So. I mean, they all seem to, you know, want to know that they're making a big difference, right? I mean, in, in this world, if we can make, if we can make a positive impact, Every day and, and the days that we're here, right? That's that's a good life, and it seems like each one has their own niche. You know, you, your husband, you know, Todd, Tom, uh, your, um, your sister-in-law. I met her once. She's really neat. What's her name again? Laura. 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 Also, Laura. Uh, Pete. Everybody. Your your father. Everybody has their own thing that they're building and doing. Right? It's not like, yeah, we're all going to work for TD. No, that's what we're doing. We're working for Ameritrade. We're going to work. No, man. They're 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 taking on their own. Uh, uh, you know, their own. Uh, stories basically solving problems every one of you guys so it's so as you could probably feed off each other i mean that's what it looks like right yeah a little bit or everybody yeah maybe feed off each other would be a good and it, it's interesting you notice how everyone has really has carved out a niche for themselves yeah. and you kind of have to in that family to just stay on your own you yeah. know and, like, and also they're you're all different i mean it's not like they're all very i mean you know if you met each one of one of these people in this family they're they're all so different. They're, they're all they're, you know. They all have their own your different skills. They all communicate a little differently. It's not like they're they're a lot of you know. You know, it, when I talk to, I met Tom a few times and and uh, Todd and and Pete and 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 they're all different. I mean, they're they're, they're they have their own way of doing things too, right? Right, right. Um, they have very different approaches. It's uh -huh. kind of, and I think they they have very different personality styles and. Um, and uh, and approach mm -hmm. to uh, to things. And so when you when you think about uh, you know your your what you what you're doing now. Okay, well let's go into that. Let's go into what you what you're what you've built and what you're building and and, and the difference you're making um, with the policy circle. And and, and you know, let's let's talk about that. Yes. How, how did you start it? You know things of that sort. How did you get it going? Yeah. So you know the um, the policy circle. I really started it. Uh, I went to a conference. In, uh, with the American Enterprise Institute, um, mm, great organization, and great organization, and uh, with uh, with with my with my father-in-law and Todd, and um, wh when I was there, there were 
great women. I just, I just felt that women, I came back and I wanted to continue the conversations around, um, around the impact of public policy in our lives. And, uh, you know, one, one thing growing up in Canada, the time that I did, um, one huge debate that, that was very much alive all my life, and it still is to some extent, is the separation of Quebec from the rest of Canada. Mm. And and then when I came here to the States, it was a year of a referendum that actually happened. And the no got uh, won by 1%, right? So it was a very contentious time in, in Canada between English Canadian and, and French Canadian. Mm. Really contentious, like, and uh, but yet people were able to talk. People were able to explore the ideas and what would it mean, right? And I hmm. felt that you know I was so busy with um, my work, with the businesses that we had started, my kids, a family, that I never took the time to step away from the business of my life and go beyond the headlines mm-hmm. and take the time to understand the issues of the day. And and I feel like that's what um, we we there was no forum for that. And I wanted to have a forum that I didn't have to go downtown and I didn't want to hear a speaker. Just, I really didn't. Uh-huh. <laughs> I just wanted to engage in a discussion. Yeah. Um, so that's because you learn from asking questions. You learn by, by mm-hmm. exploring ideas and, 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 and that's how you grow. So that's how it started, and at uh, and I met at a conference. I met these two other women, amazing women, Angela Brawley and Kathy Hubbard. And Angela was is the former CEO of Anthem WellPoint Insurance. Anthem, part of Blue Cross Blue Shield. Okay. She's on several boards, so she's uh, really established a full career. And Kathy was very involved in various political campaigns and and very very connected in the, mm-hmm. in um, the world. So. So it's interesting, like together, they were experiencing something similar in Indiana, where they brought together a group of women to discuss how do you solve poverty, the issue of poverty, and mm-hmm. how do you address it? And they expected maybe 20 people, and they had about like 60 people, 100 people that came. So we met right at, at the right time. We were all feeling this, this need for creating a forum for women to equip with facts, to engage in, in a dialogue so that they can strengthen their voice hmm. and and then really actively participate in, in the public debate. Um, so that's how it started. I love it. That's awesome. And, and, and uh, what, what year is that? So that was in uh, 15. 2015. 2015. 2015. And um, we, uh, so today, so so we spend the first, the last four years, we really spend on crafting what is that model because we are not kind of a speaker's bureau, mm-hmm. right? So we are empowering women. We've developed a platform and a, and a process that people can start a circle. Is this community by community? Is it state by state? Or it's how's all it? over. Whoever wants to start a circle. So like you're, for instance, in your office, uh, you know, some of uh, Karen and Janelle, your daughters, were were here. We formed this this circle. Uh, so two or three women come together and say we want to engage on a regular basis in these policy conversation, mm-hmm. and that they each invite uh, two or one or two women. So the circle, ideal circle, is about twelve people, okay. and um, and then they could decide the makeup of that circle. 
Could it be community-based? Is it an enterprise? Is it uh, from multiple neighborhoods in in an area? So they decide what it is. And it could be federal con- conversation on federal so, policy. Or right. So what we state. have is, yeah, so we developed a, a library of policy briefs. So wow. we have about now 35 briefs uh, that cover topics from creating career pathways, which I know you're very involved mm-hmm. in mentoring and creating mm-hmm. career pathways, digital landscape, poverty, entitlements, mm-hmm. fiscal response. Responsibility, economic taxation, policies, taxation, wow. economic growth, um, you know, K twelve education, higher education. So we now have a really substantial library. We started That's with five. Oh, wow! <laughs> so, and these briefs are really designed carefully. Carefully, we curate information. So we're not a think tank. It's not about just producing talking points. It's about really cre- creating a, a fact based online document that allows you to really explore a topic and engage in a discussion. So, so the, so, and it's not linear. It's it's one document with links to other Mm -hmm. articles, other reports, other research videos are embedded. So it's truly multimedia. So you can take 30 minutes to read it. You can have, or you, go deeper, you, know, dive deeper or you could dive deeper and take three hours, uh-huh. right? But the, the value of this, and that's what I learned, is, is when you give people the, the, some facts and then you invite them to engage in a roundtable discussion, and we have a really uh, structured approach to that, um, people react to the facts, to the, to the brief. They're not going to react to each other. They're mm. going to feel much more comfortable also because they're not talking top of their head what they heard. I like it. They're reacting to something concrete. So they're going to be much more open to new ideas. They're going to be much more vulnerable also in sharing their experiences. And you get to develop really meaningful relationship with the, the people like that you it. encounter. And, and it's it's uh, nonpartisan, right? I mean, so there's people far left, far right, center. It yeah, doesn't matter. I think it's, the model itself is a little bit self-selecting because not everybody who wants to read and come together and engage mm-hmm. in a in a discussion like that, right? Um, but it's there's no labels, so we don't say the left thinks this, the right thinks this. Mm-hmm. We just lay out the the brief are structured where the facts are presented. Yeah. The issue is framed. What problem are we trying to solve? What are the needles that we're trying to move? And then what has uh, we provide some historical background? So how do we get there? Right? What was the original intent with taxes, for instance, mm-hmm. and where do we come from? And then what is the, the role of government, of individuals, of business, and and then what can you do? And the goal of these conversations is really to ignite in the participants uh, a sense of, well, the, the, the buck stops with me mm-hmm. and I need to do something. It's to ignite personal responsibility, engagement, sure. and really develop Community create leaders. create ownership that you can actually do yeah. something right. If you, this yeah. knowledge it it, it uh, creates the tools that you can hopefully make a difference in the community right. that you serve or the you know the, the however you define community. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, and then, so we do not have an advocacy arm, so we don't have a C four. So it keeps us really honest because it means I am not pushing for legislative change. I'm not lobbying. Mm-hmm. We're not right? individually. We're they not, can do what they want. Individually, right? they can yeah. do what they want, and that's yeah. the that's the whole idea. So, and what's been interesting is, um, you know, we we have had a few policy circles start in businesses. You know, like in in your business, bringing together women there and around the brief. So, for instance, here at Raybine, um, the group discussed the digital landscape. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
substantive brief. It was the theme of our conference this past fall, which was living and leading in a connected world. Mm. And uh, it brings up issues around infrastructure, around data privacy, around cybersecurity. Sure. You know, it brings us various levels. And it was interesting what came out, um, you know, from, from the team there was there from Raybine, you know, the need for training in cybersecurity, the, um, the, how do we keep Raybine data secure and protect from cybercrime? Mm. How do you, how do you, uh, work with clients and, and, uh, suppliers? How do you engage on That's, on that's wild because I, I didn't realize it came from there, but you know, Debbie, I'm, I think I'm sure it has. My my assistant Debbie was amazing, right? She she goes, Gary, you know, we we you know Janelle and I have been talking. We need, and and Brad, one of our other leaders, we need to really get on top of this this phishing thing that goes on, right? And and uh, I go, really, what? Well, tell me about that. You know, about phishing. Uh, I'm not a fisherman, but tell me about it, right? <laughs> and they started talking, digging into it, and they're really going in depth of why we we have issues that we got to be solving. With, with this thing, right? Yeah. So protecting our, you know, protecting our information, protecting the phishing thing that goes on, right? Online. Right, so right. So it, it was interesting. There, sure. Yeah, so it was That's interesting cool. because it brought together women from HR, from accounting, from your your assistant, strategy, marketing, mm -hmm. you know, and all of these people to engage. In, and the model is a roundtable discussion. So we have this timer that the uh, hourglass that give you two minutes to express your views. Two minutes each. Two minutes so each. you're all about that, you know, making sure everybody has a voice, right? Yeah. Two minutes okay. each. So, and when we start off like with what is the lens of care? What's your lens of care? When you think about this issue and you reviewed this brief, what came up? And lens mm. of care from uh, your personal perspective, you know, like your your home, your community, and uh, and then also your business. From a community perspective, people brought up how technology actually widens a gap between people because there's affordability of technology. Sure. There's expectations in schools that you're going to have certain devices. So that, that was one of the issues, you know, that your team members mm. um, brought up as a concern, as well as infrastructure. Sure. Well, there's areas in Illinois where you can't have cell service. And you do, I think, um, I think I heard that you you asked them to prepare first, right? Before they get there. Right. What do you do so for that? Because that's not so really cool So too. they, they received the brief beforehand. So they were expected to read the, the brief before and they actually all did. And that's why did. it was so good. That's why I made it. In, that's yeah, what that's made the made rich conversation, right? That's what made yeah. the rich conversation. That's what allows it to be really nonpartisan because the brief is not about policy is about the ideas and, and the laws and the regulations mm -hmm. and how we all, that impacts the way we behave. Politics is about the people and the party that will implement the policy and may drive and promote some, but that, mm -hmm. that's the difference. So we're just talking here about the ideas and not necessarily the people, the politicians the, that will implement right. But think about that cue right there, right? I mean, if everybody comes to a meeting, you know, basically the leader, the leader or the staff, the team, gets information out to the, the whoever the group is that's coming to the meeting, right? And they have to read it. They have to be prepared. Think about the lack of wasted time you have and people trying to, you know, ba basically on the fly, you know, un try to understand the concept, asking questions, this and that, right? Because they didn't dive deep, right? And and so leadership is, and, and organizational um, excellence is, is more of that, right? Making sure they come prepared by by giving the right information. Read it. Make sure you do your homework. Come prepared. And how much valuable is that one hour or two hour meeting when they're all prepared, right? Yeah, and this wasn't one hour. 
this meeting, you know, the conversation could be just very productive in 45 minutes. Mm -hmm. So this was over. I think we took it, we were about an hour and a half because I gave them a bit of background about mm -hmm. the policy circle and the story. And sure. I was there. Um, but it's really, it could be a very efficient meeting where the each guide, each, each brief come with a discussion guide that gives you like three rounds of discussion. First round around sharing your lens of care. Second round about having a discussion about what are the priorities, digging a little deeper, what's the role of civil society, of government, engaging on that topic. And then the last part is saving time for what can you do? What would you do? What would be the action item? So that's how mm -hmm. it came out of it about training at, at Rabine. And then one person, it was funny is uh, people also brought up all the people issues, right? With technology, how you lack human connectedness. And then, so I think your person in marketing was going to make sure that in the employee, the associate newsletter, there would be something about doing something outside, mm, outside like and away it. from technology, right? And emphasizing like that to promote human connectedness, right? And like three big action items came out. Of, um, I also like the lens of care, you say, <clears throat> your lens of care, right? Your paradigm. I, I think of, right, paradigm. Right. Took me a long term to understand the word paradigm. So I would have been way <laughs> ahead if it just somebody said lens of care. because it, but, it, but it's impactful to think that way because each person has their own paradigm that they, they come from and then their own, their, what, you know, what do they care about now? Because of their past, what do they care about most on the subject? Right. right. And that's what it allows for a really meaningful conversation. Yeah. And you deepen the relationship with the people who are there because they they are willing to share their past experience. And mm -hmm. it, it's amazing what you, you learn from people that you think you've known for many years. And you're like, oh, I had no idea you were doing this. Mm -hmm. who, who's this who's building this library? How do you build a so library? Who's are, building it's it? It's a very collaborative. So we have on the team, we have a policy editor. And uh, we decide on the topics based on a little bit on what's going on um, in in the news and everything. And also based on demand from our members. And, uh, and also what we are planning for uh, events, for a conference. We organize each year a summit. And then, so that's what drives it. So, uh, and we have our policy editor, we have a standard table of contents. So she does the research and then she really collaborates with all of the different universities, think tanks, resources. Wow. You know, we really use our, the broad, yeah, now a really broad network. And then we have uh peer review. So we have circle members, circle leaders who review these briefs because sometimes, you know, policy people, researchers, they just really enjoy research. And sometimes you're just like, yeah, yeah. Why, why am I reading this? <laughs> like, why am I reading this? It might be really interesting. Somebody went really deep on yeah. research. Yeah, they do really deep. And, and so we have peer reviews so that there's uh. a goal to, you know, it's really designed for conversation and also for engagement in your community or your company. And do, do you have members? Uh, uh, yeah, I was going to say, how many circles? I mean, because it's been around since 2015. So how yeah, many circles? So now have we, have, we have uh, over 300 circles and awesome. uh, 40 states and uh, actually three other countries. So wow. it's, and the, the circles, you know, it's, you, you might think, oh, this is kind of modest growth, but it's challenging no, that's awesome. to, you know, it's, it's really, it's a big ask of, you know, of busy women who are working and, and mm -hmm. our focus right now is women, but the name is the policy circle, which, you know, obviously will be for you know, you everybody. Can, you this can is our target this. audience, right? You need to start somewhere. Right. Um, and uh, for busy women who are juggling work, life, family, you know, to say, oh yeah, I'm going to engage in a 
conversation about uh, public policy, right? And it's also an intimidating topic because we're our cha- we are challenging women to engage on topics mm-hmm. on which women are typically not necessarily engaged on, yeah. right? So, so that's so we took a lot of time fine tuning the models. We came up with this three six twelve approach. You don't start alone. Yeah. You start with two other women. You invite. You each of you invite someone, so mm-hmm. you're not the glue. We we suggested, you know, me, you meet five times, so it's five conversations. We mm-hmm. group the briefs and themes, so that now, how you about, can. How, how about with um, you know, when when I think about you know the the strength of this organization, how 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 it's become and what it can can you know it can be, right? It just seems like I, I, I'm guessing you're doing this, but what do you do to get, let's say leaders from this organization, maybe a nonprofit, let's just say Heritage Foundation or whatever, right? A foundation that's out there that you know is doing good things with policy in federal government, state government, whatever. Can you like, can you, do you like solicit maybe some of these people that are engaged in the, the these organizations? They can bring great information to you oh, and yeah, be part yeah. of it. We, we so use, you have representation from all different organizations? Yeah, from Brookings for also, you know, we go on all sides. So uh-huh. we, we try to really oh, yeah. represent the different the different views and get sides. people to question what's the role of government, mm-hmm. right? And challenge, challenge that. Uh, so yeah, but we we rely on those and we've developed great relationships. So we we so, form so you, a circle of public affair councils. We say, and so these are resources that actually we make available to our circle members. So we identify people that they could invite if they wanted to have an expert on a topic uh, to come in. So, so you get some people that are so that love government so much that they want to grow it, and you have some of those, and you have That's some people right. that 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 don't care for government so much, and they don't want it, they want it smaller. And and then you talk about the policy, and some want to say, how can we grow this to serve more people in government? And others others might say, how do we shrink this because they're not doing the, as good a job as they should? And, right? I mean. Do you get some of that that, that uh, good? Yeah, good, uh, I think. Yeah, we we back and forth, right? And then that's what in the in the in the briefs we try to identify what's the role of government, right? Mm-hmm. What is the and to help really frame that. So so giving people the language to engage then with their lawmakers, with their representative to see what what are how are they thinking about those issues, right? The, and it it totally works, right? I, to be able, once you have the facts, once you but, thought about an issue. But isn't, isn't there like two different views on that often? You know, isn't there often, often like two different views on what is the role of government? Because one view is There's always a little bit other. of a middle ground, I would say. Okay. There's always a there's always a middle ground so because you're, you're there's a little bit of a space. Try the, middle, to find ground the middle ground that also respects, you know, is fiscally responsible, right? Mm-hmm. And so I'm trying to also get people to not only think about the issue, but then what's the long-term implementation and cost of that, mm-hmm. right? So that that's the other piece is, is, well, it's good to have this legislation, but what is going to be the impact, the long-term yeah. impact? Yes. And how will it be implemented, supported, and then either sunset or, or you know, how can yeah, it grow out of control? Because so much, so much policy is built with with great intentions. I mean, almost everything right. should be built, and in, in, in most things are built with great intention, right? <clears throat> we're going to solve a problem, just like we think in business. But, but in business, when it doesn't work out, right, we're paying the price. We feel the pain, and we got to either cut it off, say it's not doing enough good. We got to, we can't afford to continue with it, right? In government, I feel that. And, and what I've seen very often, it goes a str- it goes you know far from delivering the value as planned to, va- to to deliver, and yet it doesn't go away. It even grows, right? That the, the bureauc- bureaucratic you know uh, monster grows, and it's still not really delivering value, right? Because 
in government, it's easy to, to raise taxes or, or in, and hard to fire and, and make things smaller, right? In business, we have to do that. In our personal lives, we have to do that to survive. In government, it, it, sometimes the, 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 the urgency is not there. Right. So again, to talk about that. And all yeah, that, and I mean, that's the whole idea. That's the yeah, whole idea. So yeah. talk about that, right? And then, so so that's the the other piece is, is uh, what I want to bring is a, an approach to analyze policies so that, that you you measure all of this mm-hmm. right before really advocating for uh, something that that will not have the intended the impact uh, it's the impact that it's supposed to have yeah. and and uh, but you need to get people to think that way mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily um, you know how how people natural politicians especially they, right. they don't right. they're not they're not analytical minds right? right they're not so they're more like people people mm-hmm. so. Yeah. You, you uh, I know you said, so you have 300 uh, policy circles, oh, 300 circles, excuse me. Um, and you said they're in like 30 states, right? 40 states. 40 yeah. states, I'm sorry. And then you're doing conferences as well, which is yeah. pretty awesome. What's the ultimate goal? Like, you know, to get it just to be in, you know, in every country, countries we never heard of as well. Five, five year goal, 10 year goal. Yeah. yeah. So, what's the yeah goal? so you know, the, the goal so far has been growth, right? Okay. So, to be established. And now the goal is to really um, educate and develop and you know, inspire and develop leaders. So I want one of the outcomes I would like mm-hmm. to be, this is if you want to be become involved in your community, become a leader mm-hmm. in your community, um, that the policy circle experience is what you have to do before that. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's, so, and, and for me, I have to say for, for candidates, if they are able to engage with, with a circle, with a policy circle, well, it tells me that this candidate listens, right? Listens mm-hmm. to the constituency, is able to listen, listen to ideas, to all different ideas. And that's Absolutely. a really uh, a great tool. So yeah. so the goal is is that it's, a, it's a, it really becomes a proven model for developing leaders. And I want to be international. Yeah, in all aspects, for sure. You know, yeah. when, I, when I think about, you know, women in business, man, this for sure, you know, it creates the mind, the, the basic mindset of, you know, understanding the metrics, understanding that, you know, the, the, what the policy means, whether it's in business or, or in government, right. Understanding how to talk objectively on both sides of it. Right. And then, and then, and then getting feedback and, and active listening, like you talked about, all those things are invaluable in business. Heck, they're invaluable in family, you know, negotiating right. with your kids, you know, when they've got a great point that, you know, they're, they're wrong, but boy, they're, they're selling it pretty well, right? Either, I think in all aspects of life, what you're doing edu- educates, you know, women to lead in every aspect of their life, family, business, you know, government, and, and every individual should, should yeah. have some. And I think also, you know, business in businesses, businesses are asked more and more to, um, to play a role, you know, to, to take into account the stakeholders and, mm-hmm. and have an impact, a community, a social impact. And you need a forum to decide, well, what is going to be our impact, mm-hmm. right? And this model, I believe, really provides that forum to, to engage with, with the associates, with the employees about what would they value and, and form what is going to be our social impact in our community. Yes. You know, instead well, of Well, an example, knowledge. Janelle, my daughter, runs our foundation, the Ray Bango Foundation. So I guarantee you many things she's listening to and, and she's doing, she's going to be duplicating within the, with our foundation board that she that she's oh, yeah. a, the leader of, right? And then beyond that, with our teammates beyond that, that they want, they want to get engaged in the in the giving aspect of our foundation, right? So um, I, I'm confident that in all aspects, <clears throat> philanthropic, business, family, um, politics, right? You're going you're to find 
more and more women that'll step up and say, man, you know what? I can do the job that, that, that guy's doing. And he's basically a salesman without any depth of understanding of the policy. Right. Or, you know, I, right. I see very often in my business that, that, you know, we have women that are very smart, smarter than the, than, than a person next to them. Right. Um, and, and, uh, yet they, and I, I'll, I'll, tell, I'll use Janelle as an example. She is one that won't raise her as much as she knows she can handle something, maybe 90%. She's not sure 98% of the time, or let's say 98% she doesn't have, but 90% of that, the concept she has. And there's a, a person next to her that says, boy, I, could, I know I could do 30% of that. I'll figure out the other 75, 70%, right? And, and usually it's a male, right? And that male will step up and say, I want that spot. I want to do that job. Or I want that opportunity, right? When Janelle will be like, yeah, I wasn't 99% sure I could do it anyway. So it's probably good. You know, not, yeah, well, <laughs> so, that's what so I, I think that's common in, 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 in many you know, many of the women in my life anyway, I think that's common. Right. And I think like this forum, what I've learned, my, the women I've seen and my personal growth through the policy circle experience um, has been amazing because you learn to discuss topics for which you don't have all the answers. They're mm. really complex. And what I found is, and I don't want to generalize or stereotype, but a lot of times women are very, uh, are really strong executives, right? We are mm -hmm. like, we go to the to-do list, we need to act. And and sometimes less comfortable when it comes to just discussions of, of just ideas or when it kind of is on the borderline of politics where there might be chances for contentious mm -hmm. conflict, conflicts or, you know, they have a tendency to stay away from that or a little more uncomfortable. Not all, of course. But this forum um, is a model to then to to strengthen that voice, to become comfortable with not knowing most, everything. Eliminate most of the yeah. conflict too, right? Eliminate most yeah. of the conflict. Let's right. just go with facts. Like let's just right. understand the facts and then right. like, make good decisions. Right. So it's been interesting because now we've learned we're into this business of of teaching facilitation, right? Because we we stumbled upon this model, this well, it's Socratic learning. We didn't stumble upon it. It's, it's called Socratic <laughs> learning, mm -hmm. and uh, with the roundtable discussion with the hourglass. This model is something that, as an organization, we would like to really um, promote to other businesses and help facilitate, mm -hmm. and that could become, you know, an expertise that uh, that could deliver value. Yeah, absolutely. So, so that's what we're, you know, so it's, it's interesting. I'm always trying to think of, of, uh, ways, um, to, to make the organization more. Yeah. You, uh, you, the one thing I would, I would say, cause you would definitely have an awesome facet about a lot of things that you're, that you've done, whether it be from the consulting fees, especially policy, policy circle. Um, I'm pretty sure a lot of people look at you from a mentorship perspective and you even started with your, your first mentor. You talked about them. Um, I know you see the value of mentorship as well. I'm, I'm assuming what are probably some, um, uh, how can I say it? some characteristics when it comes to mentorship that you've either implemented in policy circle or that you see that people may need daily today based off of you having 300 um, different circles going on in your organization right now? Yeah. One of, one of the, the one dimension of mentorship is the first step is really knowing yourself. And there's a, in the context of the policy circle, we, um, our team did this, uh, it's called a DISC personality. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you're sure. familiar we with do, that. Do that. You do that, right? Well, that disc, I think, is the most valuable tool to get to know where you are on that quadrant. Mm -hmm. Because once you know, I think knowing yourself first is when you are ready for a mentor. And then your mentor knows really your strength mm -hmm. as well as your um, perhaps areas of weaknesses or areas to improve on, I think is really the first step. And, and understanding through the policy circle experience, I also realized like everybody is very different. 
the way they communicate and in their views and in what they're comfortable with and um and it's learning that it, it's learn learning what you are comfortable with and what you're mm -hmm. not and being willing to expand your comfort zone sure. and the policy circle is an invitation for expanding your comfort zone i'm all about like igniting the potential of people and i think that's what when it comes to mentor mentoring that's what um as a mentor, you can provide is seeing the possibilities mm -hmm. for someone and igniting their potential. Mm. All right. Really good. And as far as, um, you know, cost to this and all that, I mean, you know, how is it's a nonprofit currently, right? It's a nonprofit. So we really depend on contributions, investments from our, um, our members mm -hmm. and, uh, and then, and yeah. Businesses that, that bring in and their teams and yeah, exactly. Awesome. So. And, and, uh, how's it going? How's, is it, is there a break even? You guys, uh, you know, are, are you bleeding like our, ours is right now, or are you know? <laughs> well, we're breaking. We're 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 on a budget, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. you know, we don't. I mean, we. I've had an organic growth, so you know, so it's uh, so it's been uh, we're we're growing uh, at the pace that uh, that we can afford in a way. So yeah, we it's. It's growing. So it's not my, you know, I'm going to be honest. I don't know if want to put this on a podcast, but <laughs> it's, I'm not a good salesperson, right? I'm just not. Okay. I'm just not a great salesperson to, um, and that's one of my, my areas, my zone of expanding my comfort zone mm -hmm. is to really sell uh, the model, fundraise, ask for support. And, uh, so and that's I, so I, I, be I believe you're it. an awesome salesperson because you, you know, you're, you're a great example of what you're doing and, and, and you just need those closers out there, you know, talking about the benefits and how, and how cool it is. Right. Right. You just, you're not one that's going to talk about yourself and, and, and how good, you know, what, how great it is because you built this. But if, if there's other people that just follow up with your story, your 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 sales side of it is the best because your story is the best, right? But then if it's other closers after you saying, "Okay, you heard Sylvie's story. Now pony up. You got five people from your company going <laughs> right. in there. We expect this much out of you per year, right? You're going to get more of that in value. So let me know how you want to build that. I'll help you. Okay? Yeah, okay? definitely. I am going to call you on I, that. I believe I believe uh, you know, your your salesmanship is awesome. It just a matter you know you got somebody behind you closing. Yeah, because your story is just cool. Yeah. And, the, and the benefit you're going to deliver is going to be amazing. I mean, and you're delivering, I should say. You're, the benefit you're delivering to, to women across the country yeah, is Yeah, I'm like awesome. seeing it. And the, the other challenge is really for women to tell us what they are doing. Yes. So, you know, we developed this oh. whole – so everything is online. We develop a website so you can manage the activities of your circle online. You can post recaps. So you've got lots of stories out there, lots yeah, of success stories. Yeah, but we need to get women. But the thing is that women – this is another thing about women. They're not they going to really brag under, They're not going to brag about she, everything that they do, right? Q, she, they they're, need more – we need to train so, women to be like us, right? <laughs> So more they're braggadocious, not brag, right? <laughs> so they're not going to brag. So I meet someone. I am. I'm in this event. I meet someone. I'm like, oh, we did the brief on election integrity, and uh, you know, after that, I decided to sign up to be an election judge. Uh, <laughs> that's cool. Well, that that's we, awesome. You need that story. <laughs> Wait, I okay. need that. So story. two things you need: you need, you need storytellers, you know, story writers to, to tell stories, right? And 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 harvest all the stories you can. Just like we're bad at, right. at, at getting testimonials, right? We have thousands of customers, yeah. And and we 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 do everything to make sure they're happy, right? And we know we have a lot of raving customers, but yet we don't do the best job of of harvesting te uh, testimonials, right? Right. That's. Bad. That, that's what you're not. Maybe you're doing it, but well, you we're do trying it more. to do it. I mean, we have you know we have uh, 3,500 members, so it's yeah, like to connect with everybody, to connect with everybody, to get them to tell us the stories and logging mm -hmm. those. It, it's you know kind of need a 
big team, but mm-hmm. so we're trying to automate that in a way and getting really motivating people to post recaps or stories of what they've done. And we're going to be implementing kind of a badge system. So, mm-hmm. so as we develop community leaders, we want to really recognize what people are doing and awesome. give them badges that they could put on LinkedIn and say, this uh-huh. is what I've done, policy circle badges. So, and, and um, then, and do you have like, is there, is there like some type of, I know nonprofit stuff to do that, but is there like some type of package? Let's say you've got you know, if you got 10 women in your business that are, that are in leadership roles, you know, for 10, 10 people, it's going to be this much per year to, to yeah, help do these things. Uh, do you have that? Well, that's what we wanted to do. Nobody sold me on it yet. Nobody's yeah. talked to me about it. And, and, and you talked to all my my leaders here that are like you. They're too modest. They're not They're not closers. <laughs> so we, we, have, we have to get some closers on your team because we got a couple of closers too, I think. But either way, um, you know, there's, in my opinion, the impact and value of, le- of, of leadership growth from, from the, these team members will be unbelievable. And you, that's going to be tough to weigh, right? That's why the stories are important. But boy, you know, that's something that I, I would love to know about. Hey, what's it, what's the value? Not the value. What, what, what's the approximate cost of this? You know, because we want to get 10 now and we want to, you know, bring another 10, 10 women in next year and, and get run through this, this program. Right. Plus I talk, I do talk politics more than most, you know, CEOs of companies and Q will tell you that. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I it gets old with some, but if they knew more policy, then I could talk about <laughs> but, more. But you know, I, I just walking in, uh, to your office, you know, one of, uh, your team members was, uh, was like, Hey, Sandy, what do you think about this, uh, Iran thing? And you know, like people oh, really? want to oh. talk about it. Right. So, so I think there's an appetite, like, and and there's no really good forum uh-huh. for people to exchange in a place where it's safe. So I think there's there's a space for. So I feel like the the policy circle could be something that could be in a, be a the safe you know a lunch and learn kind yeah. of thing, and say, well, you know, we have a brief on foreign policy in Middle right. East, right? We so do lunch and learns. Some, all we try to do lunch and learns every week here, right, in our oh. auditorium. So it's a perfect. It's a perfect it subject, a perfect subject matter to do for lunch and learns too. Yeah, and have and have them, you know, go, you know, them go over. Hey, here's the here's the challenge. Here's the policy that that's right, built to address that challenge. Here's what we found out. What do you guys think, right? Yeah, and, 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 get and whoever to wants to, and whoever wants to go to the. I'm, I'm thinking out loud because this is value we delivered our, our teammates with these lunch and learns. But hey, whoever wants to go, you got if you got you got to read this brief to go. And we can only have 40 people in the auditorium for this event. If you want to, you know, sign up, you're in, you know, and, and, and uh, how fun would that be? That yeah. be really cool. And, and I, I think the more you can attach, um, you know, learning lessons like this to, to your brand, the stronger it gets, the more, the more, you know, pe- people, these, these, these uh, women leaders and their, and their counterparts say, oh my gosh, this is great value. It's only costing what, right? I mean, that should be the, 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 the end result is, oh my gosh, it's only, you know, a thousand bucks per, per person per year or whatever. I don't know what only is, but. Right. You know. Right. And it's, it's really new for us. You know, it's in this last year, we had a circle at uh, JP Morgan Chase in, um, in St. Louis, very, you know, really, uh, um, committed circle. And uh, it was amazing. One of, we had the testimony of one of the participants uh, who said, you know, it prompted her to really interact with the mayor of uh, St. Louis. She's oh. like, I don't think I would ever have done that before. Yeah. You know, and those types of of, uh, of stories of engaging in, in different so ways much, in the communities. Yeah. There's, you're so it's much really more confident in, in looking to solve a problem with anybody, a mayor, a governor, a president, whoever. If you seriously have studied it and you, have, you think you have a solution, it's easy to talk about, right? right. If you right. kind of know, but you really don't know, you you're just not going to probably bring it up. But if you can dig deep, like you, you're able to do with your, your information, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think in one of your podcasts, actually, one of your guests said, you know, for networking, you want to be able to ask 
good questions. And, and and that's what the policy circle experience gives you. It get, broadens your knowledge so you can quickly like find commonality with people. And, and that's how we engaged, mm-hmm. right? We were able to quickly um, at a bell game just have a conversation mm-hmm. and just by the questions that I ask you, you're like, wait, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> so, that's really, no, you know, and, I thought about, again, again, I thought, thought about the women leaders in our business that, that I, lo- I would love to continue to, to, to step up and, 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 you know, just lean into stuff harder than they have in the past, right? Yeah. So, they're the most, you know, we look at our core values and, and again, these, these women are as or more accountable and they're, they're, they live by our core values in a strong way, right? Now let's just, you know, help, help and challenge us and, and help challenge, challenge the status quo because you have more confidence. It's key. Um, okay. So when I, when I think about also your, your organization, I look at the the four, three, four, five uh, regional national organizations I'm involved in, and I think of uh, Job Creators Network. I think of Turning Point USA and Republican Governors. So, I mean, do you guys? Um, do you guys? I mean, you can go to the first couple of meetings of any of these things at no cost, probably, right? Do you have any any aspirations, or do you like send some yeah, of your so people to them to, and right, so, find the ten women in the room? Hey, come on, I want to talk yeah, to you. Right? So we've talked to the Job Creators Network. So we're in discussion with one them. Of, I was one of the yeah, absolutely, because there's a lot of synergies. Now. There's a lot of synergies because um, they're trying to get women entrepreneurs to really tell their story and and, and, and we're and, trying to get them to run too. Yeah, and to run. So this becomes, you know, this really becomes a uh, a tool for them to build the confidence to then engage more publicly. So for those who don't are not it's ready. Per, it's perfect. So and give the, the backgrounds. Cause it just gives you a comfort level with with the with all issues. So I was one so, of the, yeah. I was one of the original CEOs in Job Careers Network eight oh, years okay. ago. Yeah. And and the and Bernie Marcus is the brain behind it all and he had some amazing people around him that said, let's get this started. And and uh but, but bottom line is all they want to do is look at regulation, good and bad, and say Boy, this is really stagnant, old, and not doing anything. Why is it there? Right? It, it needs to go. Or while wow, they're, 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 you know, Congress has got this new regulation they're they're trying to get passed, and it's crazy. It's going to kill jobs. Right? This is all. That's all. That's all. Job Careers Network does. Right. And it's invaluable to our to our our country, and and to have women like you know really jumping in and leading that will be awesome. Right. To, you know, we've got a few. But we need more. Yeah, so, so we we are talking with them to, just so that the postcircle is a tool to develop that confidence. To awesome. Do it. So yeah, That's no, great. absolutely. And Heidi Ganal um, is was one of our early yeah. um, connectors. So we have like different roles for people to to grow. You know, to fuel our growth. We didn't do a lot of Heidi PR is and, the uh, the the um, uh, pet. Uh, was it yeah. uh, doggy? Uh, the dog daycare. Yeah, we, we had her online to do this, and we haven't gotten her in here yet to do this. Oh, so, she'd be great. So she'd be great. Yeah. Yeah, it should be great. So, so we have, you know, um, for for anyone can be a connector for the policy circle. So we have, uh, we can we have this program where you can have an app on your phone, and whoever you meet, and you're like, you know, you should really start a policy circle. Aww. So you click, and then you have a template <laughs> nice. email, and it sends it. them an email, and it gives us their contact information, so we could do the follow up. And uh, so that's a real role for for men and women, and for for anyone. And we have circle, awesome. you know. So Q, we got to take a page out of that one. You're gonna have to. You're gonna have to you're mimic what she's to doing start there. Circle, yeah. For true mentors. Well, we we got the same thing though. Oh, okay. Well, let's com- like a text message. Let's compare notes. Let's compare notes. Let's so. compare notes and see. Is ours is just developed then, right? Because I no, I, we've had it. Well, I don't know about it, so I'm not <laughs> using it. So we need to make sure I, everybody's got it. <laughs> So either way, well, and it's not it's not Q's fault. I'm the I'm the guy that just you know just started using a, a, a smartphone. <laughs> I've, I've never used a laptop in my life, 
Actually, I, I smartphone. I have I've been using it for a while, maybe five you see, years. You, now. See, you, we, we talked but, about early adopters. Yeah. Early, he's still on the palm. So, <laughs> so <laughs> no, I went to the, I went to the BlackBerry. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, but but uh, in the field, I love the technology. But like in the office, I, I can't. I, I've never really grasped it very well. But uh, so Q's got to pull me along. And then, uh, but we got it. We got to you know make sure that ours is as good as hers, as good as Sylvie's. If it's not, you know, we're we're in trouble. All right. But, uh, but, okay, so we're going to network in the future of this because we yeah. want these women that become the, the, your success stories and your leaders, and we, you know, we want them on Ditch Digger CEO. These women that have, have had great success that are in, involved in, in, in helping you grow this or those that are going to be in the future. We want you to be out there saying, hey, hey you got to get a Ditch Digger. Ditch, you know, you're a Ditch Digger story. Absolutely. <laughs> like he- Heidi's a great one, and, I, and I've, you know, I, I've uh, run into so many people that know her, and, and she's in Job Creators Network and all that. Um, she's been a great advocate for that, but, but again, we got to get Heidi on. We got to make a note of that. But, Let's do it. You know, so, but, uh, all right. So when we, when you think about, uh, you know, the, this Canada, America, and you've been all over the world to different places and, and, and traveled a bit and what we always like to say, you know, what, America, is it, is it that great a place? You could have done this in China. You could do this stuff in, you know. Uh, you know, this policy circle, they probably would have let you do it in Russia. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, Venezuela, you could have been a success story and, yeah. and your family could have been a success there too, I'm sure, right? What, what, well, how do you, what do you, when you, when you think about America and the, and the blessings we have here, you know, what do you, how, how do you look at this? Uh, well, you know, I, I think back my first year when I came here in, in, uh, in the, in the U S and I'm just from across the border, right? Not very far, but, uh, I'm always struck by the, the energy that people have, this desire to solve problems, to start to make it, to be really a trailblazer mm-hmm. and, uh, and, uh, not to, be afraid to try new things, right? And then that's the spirit that this creative mindset, um, I think, is one that we need to ensure that the environment is there to continue to support that. Because I think Americans take it for granted, mm. take it for granted here, and they think it's the same everywhere. And it, it's just not. It's not even yeah. just a, across the border, not very far. It's not at that level. Sure. And um, this trepidation and this impatience of, of that Americans have and this desire for action is really unique. It's unique in the world. And this sense of community here is unbelievable. How everybody rolls up their sleeve to help each other. The meal trains to to the signed up geniuses. The, the, you know, that, that could not have been conceived anywhere else in the world because the mindset is just not there anywhere else to mm-hmm. help each other the way people help each other here and, and communities are built. And I find that really unique. And I just, I just love being and now I'm an American, I am an American. <laughs> and so uh, I just love being here and I love every, everyone that I meet across the country. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, and everybody loves you. Anybody that meets you. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. No, you know, your your passion and your and your drive and passion and, and is is not not even in America is not that isn't common, right? I mean we are we are a country of innovators and passion, all these things, right? But it's it's attitudes like yours that that make a big, big difference in this world. You know? So um we're we're uh, we're blessed to be able to have you on our show. Yeah. And and, and uh, what would you learn here? What, oh man, he's got these things called cues, takeaways. So go ahead. What do you, yeah, what do you yeah, we got some uh, uh, Quentin's true takeaways here, and um, I, I actually dissected a little bit of it 
because uh, you you definitely said some amazing key points and some takeaways I have. So the first one that I have is first, and I think this is for anything to be honest, but be an early adopter. You know what I mean? And I think that was one of the biggest things you told us that you did. Uh, but that's a kind of a mindset thing. It's not just doing it one like the fact that you were willing to do that consistently kind of got you to where you're at you know, even now, even with Policy Circle, because I've never even heard anything like that, which is pretty cool. Um, another one that she said was a quote, solving a problem by fixing a process that started the problem. <laughs> I think a lot of people try to solve a problem, but they're... And, and they're not thinking about the process. I can tell you that. They're just saying, let's just get it fixed. Mm-hmm. But they're not necessarily knowing exactly what that looks like. So that was awesome. Uh, I know we harped on it, but I think it was probably one of the most important parts of the whole podcast outside of the policy circle. But raise your gaze. And you said how you did it by know your know your industry. You know, um, you know, you even said it. If you were able to know more about uh, the uh, Canadian Post necessarily, uh, you would be just a lot more... Uh, again, appreciative. So we kind of talked about it. But one thing I think, and we even talked about it, a lot of people need to do more. And here's another tip here, a takeaway. Uh, you learn by asking questions, you know. Um, and we always say you get 50% of what you ask for and 100% of what you don't, you know. So I think that was pretty cool. Knowing your, knowing yourself first is extremely huge in mentorship. But I think the biggest thing for all of us, whether we're Americans or not, it's just you being you is be braggadocious, you guys. <laughs> Brag for God's sakes. Gosh. Um, with, and a everybody. Bit, with, with a little bit of class. With, you know? with brag. Oh, that's, look, we just, got a, we just got an ism from Gary. Brag with class. Look at that. Why don't yeah, you brag? I mean, she gave you, she you, gave you raise your gaze. You might as well give her brag with class. There you so, go. Uh, but that was good. That was really good, Sophie. Oh, that was awesome. No. So, uh, you know, we appreciate you being here, and and uh, you know, this is uh, this is awesome because I, I believe the messages messages here are many, right? Yeah, There's absolutely. Beyond, beyond the the bullet points that you raise, there's so many you know messages of uh, you know what, how we should think in the future, yeah, how how leaders should should think. I mean, um, we don't we we often don't go beyond the headlines or very 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 deep below the headlines, right? When we're when we're looking at stuff that makes a big impact in our lives. Uh, when it comes to our, our, our communities and our, our you know, local, local, state, and federal government, <clears throat> and, and gosh, if there, if this goes to, uh, you know, guys, gals, and everybody, you know, you, you let us know. We will, we'll help start the, uh, the male side of it because I think, I think we already have one circle, but a lot of yeah. men are like, oh, can I start? I mean, you can. But, it's it's you know, a no-brainer. I mean, it's no-brainer. It's just the name, you know, circle, posse circle. Well, and also, also, you've got the foundation of it built, right? Yeah. So it could be awesome. It can and, be. It can be anybody. Because really? I, it's you know, nobody, not nobody has enough time usually to to really do the due diligence you're doing up front for the foundation of information that you have. So I mean, uh, I I just think there's so much room for growth of this. It's going to be a blast to watch what you do with it and the, and the and the minds you change because of it. So I I want I want to make sure we're able to do this again in a few years, right? IQ mm-hmm. to see it at. Uh, you know, thirty thousand. I mean, she already circles. has thirty five hundred, man. I mean, I mean, she has thirty five hundred members. I know three hundred circles, right? I mean, three hundred. Yeah, we want we want to see thirty five thousand circles, and we want to see you know some of us. We want to see a, a some type of a uh, uneducated hillbilly circle for guys like me. Okay, <laughs> where you got to go a lot. You got to 
got to go deep, but you got to <laughs> explain it really shallow and really in simple terms, okay? You can never underestimate people, right? You can't say that. <laughs> oh, I can. I'm living, I'm living this thing. Okay? I'm living this body and this mind, right? <laughs> I can say it. But, but anyway, no, thank, thanks for being here. Well, really thank you for having me. It's really great no to problem. meet you and then have this conversation. So thank you. Thank you. And we'll see you all next time on Digdiggers CEO. See ya. If you enjoy this show, please share it with anyone else you think will find value here. And please go to our website, ditchdiggerceo.com, for show notes, links, video clips, and more nuggets of entrepreneurial wisdom. Don't forget to follow me on social media at ditchdiggerceo and at Gary Rabine. If you listen to our show and want to become more successful, you will become more successful. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans. Then I became the CEO man. We're blessed to build a business in America where soldiers fight for our freedom every day. Dad's work ethic was taught from the seat of a gravel truck rolling down highways. Entrepreneurship, scaling business plans, then I became the CEO man.